Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. It is Locked On Chiefs. We have a great show for you. Matt Derrick is here to fill us in on what we don't know and what's coming up next. And we're going to get into how this team moves forward after the loss to Baltimore and, you know, some hurt egos and feelings, I'm guessing. We're going to get into it now. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Mr. Matt Derrick, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing okay, Ryan. How about yourself? I'm I'm pushing. Have you through. fully recovered? Pu- pushing through from that that loss? Nah, nah. I was up well past midnight trying to record things and say things that weren't you know just blundering through. So <laughs> we're getting there. But it's Tuesday. The players are off. You're off for the most part, except for hanging out with media types. And I'm kind of in the same boat. And I'm trying to piece things together. And I just want to see. A, after a little bit of, of further review, or at least time away from the, the event, um, it didn't seem to me today as bad as I thought it was that night. I was pretty frustrated with some things, but how do you read the situation today on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I look at it dramatically different than we did the other night. I mean, the the offense in general played pretty well. Um, three negative plays really put them behind the eight ball. Uh, and really killed a couple of drives that maybe kept him from being able to put that game away at some point. And then defensively, I mean, I, I just don't know what at what point was the decision made that you don't decide to stop Lamar Jackson at all costs. Because it certainly seemed like a game plan that was just designed to kind of stop the Ravens in general rather than stop Lamar Jackson. And I feel like that that was different from what the Chiefs have done in, in the past against him. And, and, and certainly I think the, the Ravens had a great game plan. They executed it well probably played over their heads a little bit more emotionally. Um, but overall, I mean, it still felt like a game that the Chiefs should have won. They were certainly in it. And, you know, a handful of plays goes either way. I think they do win that game. I think it was still more in their favor than it was the Ravens. The Ravens had to walk a tightrope and do a lot of things right. And the Chiefs didn't. I mean, honestly, the Chiefs could have just cleaned up one or two things and they win that game pretty easily. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, and it's tough when it's down the stretch that the mistakes pop up. Obviously, that's that's a big issue in the fourth quarter. But like you said, one big takeaway that, that that I'm here with now is not a lot of injuries. I know a couple of guys were beat up or whatever, but Andy said, I think specifically, that there weren't any actual injuries. Maybe we'll find out something new tomorrow uh, when we get more information. But generally, for a beat game like that, you know, a one-point game well into the 30s, I think that's a pretty good takeaway for, for getting back on track next week. Yeah, I mean, for for all of the consternation that's out there from Chiefs fans about how, how awful the team looked and how bad the defense looked, I mean, I'm just not there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I still have questions about this defense because I didn't see this coming. I mean, I, I thought that this defense was really starting to look good in, in July and August and had a really good training camp. Um, I feel like something's happened the last couple of weeks that just took away a little bit of the sharpness that we saw. And, and maybe it was all an illusion. I mean, maybe it was just going up against the Chiefs offense day in and day out. Um, maybe it was a good matchup for the Chiefs on defense, honestly. Um, yeah. Because, you know, frankly, we're seeing the Chiefs having some trouble running the football offensively. And if that's the case, I mean, you know, the fact that the Chiefs defense was looking pretty good in, in the training camp maybe starting to make a little bit more sense. Uh, but I still think this defense is going to be better than it is. I mean, looking at the glass half full, which I think we talked about the other night, you're coming off two of the three toughest run de- run teams you're going to see all season. And to me, I mean, 
let's see what happens against the Chargers. If the Chargers put up 150 yards rushing, then yeah, I mean, panic all you want to because that should not happen. Um, but I, I really, I, I feel like you got to just take a little bit of these games and just you'll see them for what they are because the Ravens had their backs against the wall. Everyone was doubting them. You know, they had so many injuries to overcome. I saw an emotional team. And how many times have we seen teams when they've got their backs against the wall, when they're banged up, and they seem to come out with this great performance against a big opponent? It seems like it happens all the time. You know, and conversely, now the Chiefs are a little bit worn down and beaten up. If they don't come out with an emotional performance against the Chargers, especially on defense, I'll, I'll I, like I said, I mean, it comes back, it comes wrong along with the run defense. That's going to be a problem because this team should be is going to have a very very rough week of practice. You've seen it. I mean, Andy Reid's been eating this team alive a little bit, challenging their manhood as it is in public by basically implying that this defense is playing soft. And yeah. whatever whatever Andy Reid's saying publicly, trust me, whatever he's saying behind closed doors is twenty times worse. So, I mean, this is going to be one of those those weeks where the defense gets challenged, and if they do not respond, I'll be stunned. Yeah, I will be surprised as well. And actually, I want to get into a little bit more of that, the public versus what's behind the scenes. We'll do that after we hear from our pals. It's all there. You can have it all. The gridiron and all the teams are back on there, and you can get your money into the action by going to betonline.ag for all your pro and college action you're trying to get going. Whether it's the updated interface that you like, more odds, more props and contests. Everything's there at your number one source at betonline.ag. Head over to the website, use your mobile or anything else, and you get a 100% welcome bonus. You do need that code NFL100 for that. That's double your initial deposit. So you put that down and they give you it right back on top. So football, basketball, all the other sports over there at the fastest, easiest way to get all your action on the line. See, I made it happen again. BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, Chiefs fans, we're back with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. Our listeners are getting 25 cents back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the app, GetUpside app, in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And you get a bonus, 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's like 50 cents per gallon on your first tank. Download that app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Drivers are making a lot of money, as much as two or $300 in cash that goes right back onto their accounts, and you can use it in any way that you want, either your bank account, PayPal, whatever. Get that Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to start to get 50 cents per gallon on your first tank and 25 cents after that. That's TOUCHDOWN. On get upside. So, Matt, you hinted at it or, or just said it out loud, actually, about if Andy's <laughs> saying this in front of people, not inside the organization, what it's got to be behind meeting rooms and in amongst themselves, it's got to be 10 times worse. But that's something we don't see very often from him. And, and to call out two things in particular, the shedding and the actual tackling, that goes back, I think, not just to the players. Yes, it is them performing those actions, but I think, quite frankly, that this goes back to the staff. And yes, they're limited by contact in practice. We know that from camp on forward, but this has got to fall on the staff to correct, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, it absolutely does. I mean, this is this is what the you know your assistant coaches really get paid for is to, to deliver the message this week. Um, I mean, we've seen it before in the past. I mean, I've, I've talked to players when you know on both sides of the football. 
when the Chiefs have had a bad performance. And, you know, what's really come to my mind is a couple of years ago at, at going into the Oakland game, the, the Chiefs uh, have really kind of had a, had, a, had a rough time running the football and getting some things established. And Andy Reid went in there and just absolutely challenged that offensive line. And they, and there were guys on that offensive line that told me it was their toughest week of practice that they'd had in Kansas City. That's what you're probably going to see on the defensive side of the football this week. I mean, this is going to be the week that they're going to have to to pay the piper for what you know they've they've done so far. Which what you know Andy Reid's saying is that he's just not seeing guys finishing. He's not seeing guys you know you know playing all the way, maybe playing at full speed. I think that they need to do. Um, and and when you see it feel and you feel like your team is playing soft and. I, I hate to use that word. That's basically everything that Andy Reid's stepping up to the line and not saying. So we'll just go ahead and put it in the one word. When a coach is saying that, yeah, I mean that's that's when you know guys are going to have ugly weeks of practice, and it's going to be tough. And, and that's why I fully expect this to be an emotional team because I think they're going to get, you know, the the put it bluntly and not too bluntly. I mean, they're going to get the butts kicked this week. And I think they're going to get they're going to get these guys primed to want to go out and kick somebody's butt on Sunday. I think they have to, and I think it goes part and parcel. Like you said, we've seen this in some ways before, but I don't think ever to this degree since Reed's been in Kansas City. But I know that I've heard stories about back in Philly when mm-hmm. the rubber had hit the road that this is the way that it comes down. I feel that that's part of playing for a quote unquote players coach. And it's got to be difficult to try to wrangle that in when you're generally someone who wants to to let the players be loose, let them be who they are. Chris Jones in particular takes a lot of ad-lib plays. Is this ratcheting down discipline as well as the physical part of, of, of challenging the defense here this week? Yeah, usually when a Chiefs team is playing like this on either side of the football, you know, and especially Andy Reid's talking about mindset and fundamentals, I mean, that's when they really do go back fairly old school. I mean, I, I know last year when, uh, or two years ago, I guess it was, when Steve Spagnuolo was talking about the team having some trouble practice, you know, tackling and was really having some issues there. I mean, good grief, we saw them just, you know, whipping out the old tackling gummies and donuts and everything and doing the kind of things that high school football teams do. And, you know, and sometimes those are drills that, you know, they, Hey, they're sometimes they're real drills intended to just get you back to the basics. Sometimes there's just, there's some send a message too and say, Hey, well, you know what guys, if you need to go back to the ABCs of tackling, we're going to do that. And, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, football players, they want to be treated like adults. They do. And, you know, and Andy Reid's probably the best in the league at treating his players that way. I mean, you know, he's always talking about letting players show their personalities and be themselves. And he's great with all of that. As you've kind of illustrated there, as long as you're performing, if the performance doesn't match it, then that's when Andy Reid doesn't doesn't become the player's coach. And let's face it, I mean, there's one reason why that, you know, we call maybe Andy Reid to a degree a player's coach, even though. I think he's a lot harsher than a lot of other players' coaches. Is that he's going to love him up too? But you know, this is not a love him up week. I mean, this is the week that he is going to challenge them, and he's going to expect them to go out and have a big game against the Chargers. And if they do that, then they're going to get loved up, as they should. You got to be able to bounce back, and if you do, you, you deserve that praise. If it doesn't work out that way, we've seen the Chargers put up some big games. 
You know, Eckler has gotten loose on this defense in the past. If they don't get this ratcheted down, what does that do to the relationship between Spags and Reed and trying to take the next step to try to get it sorted out? Because it's not just systemic. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it is that Andy Reid has a great deal of trust in Steve Spagnolo, So he's going to give him a wide latitude and doing what he feels like he needs to do to get things fixed. I mean, if this is another game where, like you said, Austin Eckler goes out and has a huge game rushing and the Chargers just run up and down on him defensively, you're going to see some changes being made. And that doesn't necessarily mean like coaching staff being shaken up or anything. But could you see some roster changes? Should you, should you, see, could you see some depth chart changes? Absolutely. I mean, you could see, uh, you know, a few even schematic changes in the way that they're they're doing things. Um, now, I, I still think a lot of that is premature because you look at the first couple of weeks and, you know, Frank Clark, I still don't think is, you know, at a, necessarily 100 mm-hmm. percent. Chris Jones is still kind of feeling his way. And, and let's face it, these were two really bad matchups for Chris Jones, you know, just stepping into the edge role and, and then having to play two run heavy teams especially the Ravens, who for, for Chris Jones being on the edge is probably the worst matchup possible for him. So you've got all of that. You're playing without Willie Gay, who, you know, you were hoping was going to be a little bit of your eraser. I mean, this is you did not want this defense to take eight weeks to gel. But mm-hmm. if it's going to be one of those seasons where, you know, injuries are going to put you in a spot where you're really four weeks behind schedule, that could be where this team is. So I'm not. I'm not ready to, to, to throw the baby out with the bathwater yet. To use another metaphor, um, but this team, it's got to start showing something here pretty soon, or the Chiefs will be in that mindset that's like, okay, you know what, depth chart, roster positions, everything's up for grabs. Wow, I, I hope that it doesn't come to that. If it does, we're going to have a lot more to talk about. Uh, the last thing. If they need to get a spark, like, are, are we talking position changes? Because if it comes to this and they're still allowing this run, like, I'm all joking aside, I'm taking out one of the linebackers and I'm putting Colin Saunders there against the Titans when it comes to it that week because there's some, like, I think more outlandish solutions that you might have to, to start trying, hunt, peck, or figure it out in order to plug this hole because I don't think this is going to go away. I expect the Chargers to attack in the run. I expect every to try to run at them just like did the other night. Yeah, and you know, what I could see, you know, if they that they do continue to struggle against the run, one is that maybe you do have to consider, you know, kicking Chris Jones in a little bit inside more. And if that's the case, you know, especially against run-heavy teams, I mean, I could see Alex Okafor maybe getting a little bit more time because he's a more experienced edge player, especially against the run. Um, I think they're going to have to try and give that defensive line a little bit more support. I mean, you know, at least in the first two weeks we saw, you know, four guys aren't enough to really be able to to, to stop the run. I mean, they're going to have to commit a little bit more resources to that. And there's other parts of it, too. I mean, you know, Nick Bolton is going to get better. We've seen him making – I mean, he's he, he and Anthony Hitchens, I think, have been the two strongest tacklers the team has had at least early in the season. Um, but, but Bolton, as far as his reaction to some of the run fits, I mean, hasn't been great. So he's got room to improve there. So mm-hmm. that can get better. Um, I mean, I'm still at, just like I think most Chiefs fans, I'm still at a little bit of a loss about Juan Thornhill's situation and where he's on in the depth chart. To me, I think that's a, you know, a place where, you know, the Chiefs could make some, some changes and maybe get a little bit more performance. There's some things that they could tweak as far as I think just small things, but, 
I think first thing first, they they want to just see what's going to happen when they play a team like the Chargers. That's a little bit more of a say conventional modern NFL offense. They're going to throw the football a lot. Um, they're not run dominant. I mean, if they do have a lot of success running the football, like we said, that's going to be a problem. Um, but I think they want to see just you know what some small tweaks can help them with. What can you know challenge into these guys to to button up on tackling and shedding blocks, those kinds of things, how much that's going to improve things. Um, it could just simply, you know, getting a few more snaps with all these guys together, getting Matthew back up to 100% full speed, getting Frank Clark back up to full speed. Maybe that's going to be it. Uh, but this game's, it's gonna, this, this game's going to be a big test because they've, they've got to come through. And I, so I, I, I firmly believe that they will this week. I have to agree with you. Let's, Let's get over to something positive. I want to talk about the offense and where they can take it even further than what I think was a pretty solid outing if it wasn't for the two turnovers. We'll do that after this. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device to catch the live game, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone. That's tough enough. Now you've got your neighbor's best friends, pals, dogs, login for all the good stuff. I want to tell you a way to simplify your life and make all your entertainment that you love without any hassle. And it's a great way to get all your television together in one place. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. And you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows in one single place. It means that there's no more juggling remotes or hunting for them in the couch. And you don't need to buy another device ever. And the best part is there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get all of your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required, and content varies by package. We got to tell you about our pals at Built Bar, and you've heard us talk about them before, and we just can't stop because we enjoy them so much. Whether it was the special flavors like the coconut brownie chunk or the grasshopper cookie, like there are a number of things that make them very unique that they make their bars for their customers. And at the end of the day, they're all nutritious in terms of right around 150, uh, 130 to 180 calories is the range, all with 17 or 18 grams of protein in one bar and low sugar, low net carbs, like five grams of sugar on the average. And it comes in handy when you're trying to fulfill your workout regimen, whatever diet plan you're on, whatever you're trying to do nutritionally, Bill Bar can help you there. And at the end of the day, they taste great. And that's what it comes down to with all their flavors, whether it's the coconut chunk brownie, uh, whether they're standard flavors like salted caramel cookies and cream and German chocolate. Uh, mint brownie is one of my favorites. There's a lot out there. I think you will find something that you can enjoy today. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. Use that promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order at built.com. So, Matt, again, it ended badly on the offensive side, obviously, two out of the last three possessions going for turnovers. But other than that, I felt like they they obviously scored the points, 28 on the offensive side. They moved the ball in the pass game really well. A couple of things leave some room to improve, obviously. And I think it starts up front. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Lucas Niang, not giving up a lot of pressure in the pass game. I'm pretty happy about where they are there. But they're not pushed that we all kind of thought might be the way they leaned early in the season. Is give any idea about where that's coming from and how easy do you think it is to really step that up yeah you know because I, I asked Andy Reid that on Monday was just you know about the run game and and where they are offensively is you know getting that established because they're averaging what three and a half three point three yards per carry 
Um, the second half was really problematic against the Ravens. Um, they rushed, I think, seven times for nine yards, um, three negative plays. And, and you can't, you just, you can't get anything going with that. I mean, and that was one of the reasons why I kind of disagreed with even giving Clyde Edwards Hilaire the football there on that, that second and three at the 32, because they hadn't been running the football. I mean, even, even if he doesn't fumble there, that's going for a two yard loss. And that had been kind of the way things have been going in the second half. I kind of feel just put the ball in, in your best player's hands. And that was Mahomes and, and, and let him cook a little bit. Uh, because we're not seeing that push on the offensive line. They're doing well uh, past protection. I think, don't think that's a problem. And that's the reason why this group was put together was to protect Mahomes. But you're right. I mean, uh, the Chiefs certainly thought that they were going to be a, a little bit more aggressive. And, and I think part of it is just that, you know, it, it doesn't look like everybody's quite on the same page yet. And I think you're certainly seeing it as from the running back standpoint. And that was one of the things that Andy Reid pointed to was that, it's just still taking a little bit of time for the running backs to to learn the blocking in front of them, uh, what guys are are good at, what they're bad at, uh, learning the little strengths and weaknesses of everybody. And I think too is that you know you've also got a lot of guys who are you know in their past for the most part a lot of man blocking, and mm-hmm. and the Chiefs they're still doing a little bit of zone, and those two don't always mix. So I I feel like that there's a little bit of that the Chiefs have not figured out what their identity is yet in the run game. And the, I don't, and I almost feel like it's a, you know, almost a mirror image of what they are on defensively, because I, I just don't see the run game on the offensive side committing to one thing and one concept, uh, because it doesn't really seem to be a problem with who's back there. I mean, they're all having the same problems as far as finding some holes and, and, and getting through there. And we've even seen it, you know, from a coaching standpoint, when the chiefs have gotten into some short yardage situations, they're relying back on their old tricks, which is, you know, using misdirection and trickery to try and get some yardage in short yardage situations. And they didn't think they were going to have to do that. And yet here we are. Yeah, it's going to be tough. How you build upon that, I think, is probably illustrated by what we thought was going to be the biggest hole. And I'm not saying that this is that it, it's not an issue anymore that's taken care of. But when you talk about teams working to take away Tyree Kill and working to take away Travis Kelsey, this is a known quantity. That's what we expect. We had hoped that we'd see McCole Hardman step up. I actually think that he played better against the Ravens than I've seen him play, period. Even when he's been scoring and, and had those long plays and all that. But it's not just McCole. It's, it's the conglomeration of who's going to be that third receiver. And I think between what you saw from D-Rob and Pringle, and I'll even throw in like one of like two, was it two targets or two snaps? I can't remember for Jody Fortson, who actually made a play like in in the composite of all those players, I feel even better now than I said it the other night about making up for the loss of Sammy Watkins. If they can spread the ball around, I think that this is something that they're going to be able to get different performances from different guys week. I don't know who it'll be this week, but do you feel comfortable with where they are with the other guys, quote unquote? Yeah, I really do. I mean, you know, there was a lot, and I didn't even feel like it was necessarily intentional. I mean, even though everybody was talking last week about the Chiefs need to spread the ball around more, I didn't think that Mahomes went out there with just the pure intention of spreading the ball around more. Uh, I think he was just taking what was what was given. And you're right. I mean, the, the Ravens had a game plan to try and take Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill out of the game. Let's just set aside for the moment that the Ravens tried to take Travis Kelsey out of the game, and they didn't. I mean, the guy still had 100 yards receiving, which <laughs> is pretty impressive when you could tell that the Ravens were definitely trying to take him out of the game. 
Um, but yeah, I you definitely saw stronger performances from the entire supporting cast. Um, I still think there's some guys who need to get more touches and gets more involved. I mean, I'd like to see Jarek McKinnon, I think, get a little bit more involved in this offense. Um, you know, that one touch that he had, I mean, I think you just saw right there the explosiveness. And I thought that he was going to be a lot more involved in this offense. So um, maybe at this point, it's been purely some situations that they've gotten themselves into that they really haven't had a chance to go to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, this offense is at its best when it's got everybody contributing. I mean, you can rely on Hill and Kelsey all you want to, and, and you can score points that way. But I think this team is at its best when everybody gets involved. And 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 they, I thought were generally close to their best on Sunday night. The problem is, you know, you have a misfired snap that that buries you on one drive. Um, you get yourself with some first down runs that go nowhere that then lead to some third and long situations that led to the turnover. Um, you know, those three drives in alone, I mean, those are very uncharacteristic chief mistakes. Mm-hmm. And had even one of those drives not been, you know, killed by self-inflected, you know, moves, maybe they win that game. So, you know, to me, on the drives that that they executed properly, I mean, the Ravens weren't stopping them. I mean, and I still feel that in general, the Ravens didn't stop the Chiefs. The only people that stopped the Chiefs on Sunday night were the Chiefs. Yeah, I have to agree. I- I think that you have to make a concerted effort to get that run game going. I think that has to be the core of the game plan this next week. I, I mean, I won't go so far to say that you have to run at him, but I think if you're going to neutralize a player uh, like Bosa in particular, I think you run at him if he's in the game. Who knows? You know, it's, it's been a week. The wind's blowing. Joey Bosa might not play. We'll find out. Uh, but I think that that's got to be not just for getting the whole offense rolling, but my question to you is I'm a little concerned about the confidence for Clyde Edwards Alaire. Like to see them focus on that, get him cooking so that he can feel more like himself and loosen up a little bit. Do you think that that's a concern? It could very well be. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, at least the public message from Andy Reid was, was clearly to make sure that they're not putting any of the blame on Clyde Edwards Alaire. I mean, he went well out of his way to to make sure that it didn't appear that, that he was blaming Clyde Edwards Hilaire for the fumble of any sort. Um, and certainly lack of production. I mean, I think he's putting it a, a pretty good, fairly clearly on the offensive line and and everybody in general. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a little bit of maybe, you know, that you do have to do to buck up Clyde Edwards Hilaire just considering how tough things have been the first couple of weeks. And there's a lot of ways that you can get, do that. I mean, but one is just in general is to try and just get the ball to him in space. You know, um, this might be a week to try and bring out some of the screen game to just get some, you know, short passes, get his confidence going. Um, if he can just get one ball in space and maybe break it out for a big game, that could be a go a long way to help. Um, but at the same time, I think you've got to do something with the offensive line too, because those guys just need to give him some holes. And I haven't seen a ton of holes so far for the running game. I think it's going to be key, and we're going to see how it breaks down, folks. We're going to have more for you this week. Uh, Matt, thank you for the time and filling us in where we're at right now. Always a blast, Ryan. Take care. Folks, ChiefsDigest.com is where you can get all the good stuff. Thanks for watching today. We'll talk to you next time.